right, and we are live uh, back with another episode of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. I am thrilled. I'm pumped. I'm elated. You know, pick whatever word you know you want to use. But we have a very special guest uh, joining us today. Here, I'll, I'll have Adam. Adam, go ahead and say uh, say hello first. I'm joined as always with Adam, my co-host. Hey, Ryan. Good to hear from you. My my good twin brother just got in from a full day on the farm and uh, excited to join you on the podcast. Very exciting episode today. <laughs> yeah. For, for the folks at home, Adam uh, in the Vonderhaar Farms uh, see, uh, farm operation just got started with Harvest, I believe, two days ago. So entering in the busy season. So as it comes to guests, I, I might have to call Adam a guest over these next few episodes because it just depends on you know, if he's available and uh, able to hop on, but thrilled to have Adam here. But without further ado, like to welcome in our very special guest, Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm honored that you allowed me to come on the Silver Bullet Saga podcast, <laughs> you know, speak my mind. You know, it's always good to speak my mind and get these thoughts out. Oh, we, we are beyond thrilled to have you. So just to, for the folks at home to pull the curtain back, Adam and I, uh, before the Oregon game, we were out on lane at the, I believe it's the Ozone tailgate. And there, Tyvis was acting as sort of an MC of sorts for the kind of events they were having in the morning. And we, we asked to get a selfie with Tyvis, as we are just fanboys at heart. And uh, he said yes, and is, is, was as friendly then as he is now. Uh, over Zoom, and then obviously messaged him here recently and asked if he'd hop on the pod, and and Tyvis is here. So for the for the folks, just a little intro on Tyvis. I mean, for Adam and I, and, and Tyvis, you may not believe this, but one of our favorite Buckeyes for when we were in school, you know, uh, over the you know 2014 uh, season, you know, you kind of emerged as a name uh, in that championship year. But oh, probably... stop it. <laughs> stop it. Don't do that. Don't, I know you're going to make me cry. Don't well, do this. <laughs> I, should, I think I should say this at the beginning, just to out, you know, kind of the fan level we were on. Adam actually had your jersey. Back did in the day. If this would have been with the NIL deal, yeah. around, I'd have got some money off. No, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, Thomas, you didn't get a piece of that because I think we went like the bootleg, you know, China jersey yeah, route in order to. to... <laughs> <laughs> so all the dollars went overseas. But for the folks at home, and I think this is a great place to start, Tyvis, um, you know, obviously so many memorable games or amazing moments in the history of Buckeye football. But for us and kind of in this recent generation, or in the Urban Meyer era, I can point to just a handful of plays that really stick out in my memory. And the one that is awesome, and I've heard you talk about it before, and I love the story that you you tell with it because people kind of, uh, you know, shared their own opinions with you as far as how the play went. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but let's let's just go there. We're we're in New Orleans, right? It's the game of the century for a lot of folks. It's kind of the big showdown, the Big Ten squaring off against the SEC. Uh, in the Sugar Bowl back in 2014, uh, I, maybe the game was played 2015 if, if it was uh, if it was New Year's yeah. Day. But yeah, take us, you know, an amazing game. So much, you know, just emotion and probably stress and excitement, and obviously so so much that happened in that season. But if you would for us, just walk us through that the game-ending play that you were a part of. Okay, so. <laughs> So we get down and I think I want to say they're on like the 48 yard line or something like that. And it's like, I believe it's seven or eight seconds left. Okay. So, you know, at this point, we know it's the last play of the game. So, you know, we go back and, you know, we always practice this on, um, 
our Sunday practice because we play on Saturday. Come in Sunday and do like a like a a five play or five period practice where we go over corrections and we always end the practice with a hail mary throw. And I always they say Tyrese catch the thing and you go down immediately. So for for all the way up into this game, every time we did it, I would catch the ball, take a <laughs> knee in practice. Okay, <laughs> so we get to the fast forward, we get to the game, and I say okay. You know, let's do this. You know, this is live. You know, this is live. We, we're going. It's a good thing that we practiced it because it wasn't like no nerves or anything like that. I wasn't nervous about it because it was just like I've done it so many times that I know how to do this. So we ran. They ran. They play, and they literally failed just like it does in practice. You know, everybody boxes out. We jump, and I just clear everybody and catch the ball. Now. As far as the return goes, okay, there's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot to this return because a lot of people are mad at me, and I, I always have to clear the air. One, if you go back and watch the clip, Armani Reeves, number twenty six, he tugs me and say, "Let's go." Now I turn around and I see nothing but green grass, and I see people laying out on the ground crying because they lost. So I think to myself, as a DB, you know, we don't get the ball that often you know so when we get the ball you got to make the most of it you know you gotta you gotta try to get a pick six what better way i, I got a daughter now like I, what better way for me to tell her hey you know your father got a pick six to end a walk-off pick six wouldn't that be nice to say like wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something to say for sure so i said this is the golden opportunity you know this might not ever happen again you got to make the most of your opportunities <laughs> so we took off oh we took off <laughs> Everybody was too busy celebrating. They didn't even throw a block, which is pretty messed up because I needed them to do it to score. But, you know, I I was always taught that if I was at this situation, as soon as somebody touched me, I was going to fall down. I was just going to see how far I could actually get. Because I thought they wouldn't care. You know, I thought they'd be like, okay, it's over with anyway, so let him go and score. That's what I was thinking. But apparently, Amari Cooper had his mind on other things, so... Oh my goodness! That's what happened with that. <laughs> that 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 it's and it that's exactly why I wanted you to tell it because it's hilarious. But talk about this was the thing I heard you say. I think it was on ninety-seven one the fan. But you know, you always like you said at the beginning. You know, people are always like Typhus. It was so you know whatever they say it was dumb or whatever to run it out of the end zone. Yeah. But like, but I loved your answer, which was if you were in my shoes, you, you just <laughs> they would have did the same thing. Listen. If, if the if the story was flipped, okay, if Alabama was the one getting the interception at the end, you don't think that they would have tried to take it to the house on us? They, it would have been like so. You got to get them first, you know. You got to make them first. No, I I love that, and I so Tyvis for you like that was kind of at. And I can say that that was definitely my favorite game I've ever been at. I mean, just like so much outside of the game, right? The talk that was had and let alone that Ohio State team, obviously, that you were a part of. You know, you dropped that early season game to Virginia Tech, which at that time, everybody's losing their minds, like kind of like this season, right? Oh, yeah. Ohio's, the, the program's on fire. You know, there's no way to, to, to salvage things. And then obviously you guys put together, you know, inarguably one of the greatest college football seasons of all time, you know, for a single season, but, you know, just a, just an unbelievable game. And, you know, for you, the juice, you know, Urban Meyer versus Nick Saban, you know, so many different things going into it. And at the end of the game, kind of having that highlight reel moment, you know, we, we knew we had them and you guys, you know, you come away with the interception and, and run it out of the inside. I love it. So anyway, wanted to hear <laughs> the story. It. Yeah. Thank you. 
I'm glad you understand. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So I, I just had a couple other questions for you. Um, you know, I kind of had her, well, m- maybe you want to tell this story too, but you know, you, you've thrown it around before. Obviously you came to the program at sort of a unique time, right? Like, while you know, you're in high school, Jim Trussell's the coach, I believe is the case. Uh, and he's doing a lot of your recruitment. Um, but I've, I've heard that this story about you visiting campus and wanting to, him to wanting to make sure that he knew that you had the grades <laughs> to, to play at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk absolutely. about that just for a second? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is we coming down, you know, my my uh, mentor, who was my high school head coach, he was like he used to tell me all these stories about all these players that he coached that went on to college and they all failed out. And he was like, you know, grades is like the number one thing. Like you need to have a certain or GPA and a certain grades to get into school here because a lot of people can't get in because they're not smart enough. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put this to bed. All right, we're going to nip this in the bud. Okay, so I was like, I'm going to grab my report card, all right? So we go down. It's my first Ohio State game. I think they're playing Penn State, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> we get into the little red. We go to the red awning. We're in the recruiting room in the stadium. And show sure no, Jim Trestle comes out there, right? And he comes and he walks up to my table. <laughs> he walks up to the table and he says, how you doing, Tyvis? And I say, I shake his hand. And I say, Jim, nice to meet you. Here, check my, check me out, Jim. Check my report card. <laughs> so he grabs the report card and he looks at it. He goes, Oh man, this is really good. <laughs> he goes, the only thing that's the only problem on here is that you got like a hundred dollar outstanding because I hadn't paid my student fees yet. He's like, hey, you got an outstanding fee on it. I said, Oh, don't worry about that. He said, but the grades is really good. He's like, I just wanted to let you know. That we that grades is not gonna be an issue, you know. I'm oh a I, I could, I'm a student athlete, like I'm the true definition of a student athlete. So that's what that was about. I, you know, I just gotta you gotta nip some things in the bud. You don't want them to think, man, does he have the grades to be here? I wanted to make sure we answered that question off that's the rip. Perfect. <laughs> that that's exactly why I wanted to ask that question because it, it's a hilarious story. So kind of in that vein, you know, I and that's kind of how I preface that is you you kind of lived through a few different changes right at Ohio State, uh, obviously accum- accumulating in the national championship back in 2014. But like maybe just and obviously there's so much to this. You know, it's hard it's hard for you to answer this question, but. Just the differences, you know, between Tress and even Fickle during his time and then Urban obviously coming in and what that was like, like going through a few different, you know, Ohio State identities, essentially, and then obviously being successful and coming out the other side. Well, I met like I met Tress a handful of times and every time I met Coach Tress, it was just like. He was just like the coolest down to earth dude you could meet. Like he just, he was always in, in a good mood and he always wanted to have fun. He was dancing at times when I seen him. So it was like, oh man, this man is awesome. Like this is a really good dude. So then, you know, he ends up resigning and then I end up meeting Coach Fick. And I'm like, Coach Fick is like a, it's like you could tell he got that leader mentality. You could tell he's a defensive guy. He's going to get the most out of his players. He's going to get his players to play hard for him. You know, guy, I was like, okay, that's a guy I can respect that. You know, I can, I can play for this man. He truly he shows that he cares about the team. He cares about his players. Yes, that's good. Then we meet Coach Meyer. <laughs> my first meeting with Coach Meyer is, 
you know, we come in and we got these uh these 5 a.m. workouts. And it's just like it was just like he was bashing the team and stuff like that, because I guess it was just a bunch of bad things going on in the program. And he was like trying to weed the, the bad people out. So I met a very angry Coach Myers. So my first impression of him is like, man, this is he tried to lay the law down. Like, like this it's like it's like a dictatorship up in here. It's either his way or the highway type things. So I'm like, woo-wee. It's like, man, this is what it's like. I was like, but he win games though. So like his theory is successful. He's crazy, but his theory is successful. But then I end up getting like a couple of one-on-one meetings with him. I'm like, okay, he actually kind of cares about me because he was asking about my family background and he wanted to know he wanted to meet my family and stuff and ask me how I grew up and stuff like that so I'm like okay he shows like he genuinely is interested in learning about me and then once I got on his good side then we I really seen the good coach Mario you know it's like okay this is a guy you know you can talk to him he keeps he's an honest guy keeps it real with you about things he's the one that tells you the hard truth even if you don't want to hear it but you need to hear it so you know he's a guy to keep you motivated so I, I respect that Sure. And he, he was probably never happier with you than after that interception against Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> he hated he hated me and my coach. My, my position coach said that I was going to get him fired because <laughs> they said they said, <laughs> no, they was really serious about this. Though. They was like, they were like, Tyrus, we practiced this whole thing. You know, they they grade the game. They like we let we they like to do things like we went over it in practice, you gotta do it in the game type thing. And they say for times to go out there and do that, you failed that test. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, yo, we won the game, man. Like <laughs> what you want time to, to celebrate, do? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't even he probably was celebrating. He probably had no idea what was even going on. <laughs> That's a thousand percent true. He just saw it in the film room and was like, I gotta come down on Tyvis about this. But yeah. oh, that's funny. <laughs> So turning the page a little bit and, and some, I, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Haskell Garrett uh, that, that referenced y'all the 2014 team after the Oregon loss this year, but, you know, tur- turn the page where, you know, it feels crazy to say, but what now seven years removed from that national championship team. And a lot of success has been had in these last seven years, but we haven't reached that, you know, mountaintop again, as far as uh, a program. And, we are very spoiled. You know this, I'm a thousand percent sure, because I see you talking crap to the folks on Twitter who are always <laughs> hammering us. You know, there's so yeah. many negative Buckeye fans, you know that. Um, but ex- we're, I say we're spoiled because expectations have gone so, you know, high for this program that, you know, one bump in the road and there's, you know, people are losing their minds and people are calling for coaches <laughs> to be fired. Um, yeah. But looking at this, you know, season, we're now four games into, we got a huge you know, challenge here on Saturday against Rutgers and the great job Shiano's done up there. But do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the defense this year and, and what you've seen and, you know, maybe some of the changes they've made that you've liked that, you know, might set us up for success going forward? Yes. No, the defense this year as a whole, it's just, you know, it's a young group. It's a, it's a group that's very inexperienced when we talk about linebackers and secondary players you know the the leaders that we were counting on with the the Josh Proctors he's been hurt um Zach Harrison's been in and out of the lineup Tyreek Smith's been in and out of the lineup so it's been we've been really counting on a bunch of uh young guys to step up and and we need them to grow up and step up fast and the problem is you know people think you know just because they're five-star recruits and they just going to come in here and they just going to dominate. You know, it's just going to like, it just like they did it in high school. They should just come to the college and do it like, 
like that. But what they don't, but they fail to realize is, like, they don't have no game experience. <laughs> like, like they, these other teams is on scholarship as well. Like, they may, they might not be in the Big Ten or whatever it may be, but they these kids is on scholarship for a reason. Like, they they are obviously good enough, and some of these players are old enough, and they've been in these college programs where they've been lifting, and they've got bigger, stronger, and faster. So. It's it's we 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 need these high school kids that just came in to catch up to the curve and it's not happening that fast. So that's why it looks the way it looks because not of them have game reps. You know, it's things that because practice is different in the game. In my personal opinion, like it's it's some things that you see in practice that when it come in the game, it's easy, but some things you don't see like it's not like you can rep everything that you're gonna see in the game in practice so when you get these new wrinkles in the game they don't know how to handle it because they've never seen it before so that's why it looks the way that's why the defense look inexperienced and they be giving up these big plays because they have they probably never repped it before i I totally agree. Everything you said, right? I, I've kind of read and seen that that a lot of folks kind of think the same thing we got a young defense now the benefit in my mind is, you know, so many of these freshmen, true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that are getting like legitimate starting time right now, I think it's positive for the future. You know, next year, obviously, they're going to have a whole season of reps under their belt. And, mm-hmm. you know, even for those who are around the program last year, right, it wasn't a normal year. You know, your redshirt freshmen didn't get the normal reps, you know, that they might have gotten, uh, you know, under a full slate of games and a full off season and that kind of thing. So, I feel like you see a lot of hiccups all over the country right now from programs that, you know, haven't had them, you know, recently. I It was kind of funny going into this year, you know, folks were like, oh, let's just skip the regular season. It's going to be the same four in the playoffs. Well, that's not the case. And I think, no. yeah, <laughs> I think it's really healthy for college football, uh, you know, as a whole, that it's kind of a shakeup, you know, obviously Alabama is still there at the top and, you know, some of the, some of the familiar faces, but no, I, I appreciate that comment. One of my favorite players this year has been Denzel Burke. Little shout out to the, uh, yeah, the secondary. That's, you know, that, that's yeah. probably my favorite guy in the secondary right now myself. Yeah, he's he's been unbelievable. But so what? I guess I got one more football question, and then Adam and I had some other, you know, kind of funny typhus questions. I want to just just to run through so we don't keep you on too long. But um, Rutgers this weekend obviously presents a big challenge. I mentioned it before. Shiano's got that program going in the right direction is, is probably the small way to put it because just what five years ago, Rutgers was maybe the worst team and, you know, in, in a power five conference. Uh, and, you know, this year, I think Ohio state's only favored by about little over two touchdowns uh, heading up there uh, to New Jersey. So what do you, what do you see happening uh, on the field Saturday, three thirty kick uh, you know, just any thoughts you might have on the game? Well, I think it's definitely going to be a tough game. Um, this is not to, like you say. This is not the same Rutgers that it used to be. You know, like you say, Cristiano has really brought a a toughness to the program, and they play with pride. You know, they they're not they're not going. They don't want to be seen as the laughstocks. And anytime they play Ohio State, it's their Super Bowl. Like to them, this like the the Yankees is coming to town. It's, let's get everybody's going to be hyped, and they're going to try to play outside of themselves to you know try to pull an upset and. You know, Shiano is definitely cooking up a recipe to, to get it done. I mean, he kind of knows some of the players because he was around the program um, not too long ago. So he, he should probably still have some ties with some of the players and know some of the things, their weaknesses and stuff like that. So he's definitely going to try to, you know, exploit that. But I think ultimately it'll be – I don't know if they cover the 14 points. Um, 
because our our team hasn't uh, uh, aside from last week, you know, we haven't been dominant like that. They haven't shown but, that they can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be interesting to see how they respond. You know, I I think to personally, they should learn from the first four games of the season. But now it's like a brand new season because now it's all Big Ten play. Like none of that other stuff that happened before mattered. The loss to Oregon doesn't matter at this point. Um, the struggle against Tulsa doesn't matter at this point. Like it's all, it's about winning every game now. It doesn't matter if you win it by one point or if you win it by a hundred points. You just need to win the game because you need to find a way to get to Indianapolis in December. That's what this is all about. And they need to keep that that mindset that you know they they're willing to do whatever because they can't afford to lose. If they have you know, dreams of playing in the national championship this year, then they have no choice but to win every game. And that was the thing that we realized in 2014 was that, you know, even though we lost to Virginia Tech, everything that we wanted was still, we it was still in grab and reach. Like we could still get it done. We just can't lose the game. And then we figured towards the end, we got to start winning with style points. Now you got to, you know, now that, you know, you, you understand that you're going to win the game. Now you need to go out there and dominate the game. So right now I think they're just in the phase where they just need to win the game. And as the season goes on and they get deeper into the season, then they get the, the young guys start catching up to speed. The old guys set leadership examples and shows what, how things are supposed to be done. And the young guys pick up on it. Now you start dominating teams and going out there and, and winning by style points. And then, you know, and at the end of December, you know, you might be in the top four and now you'll be playing for everything and all everything will be all good again. You know, Tyvis, that's how I know you've got a future in this radio business because that was the question I that had that I popped up in my mind during your answer was look at those comparisons, right? From your 2014 season to this. Like, what does that mindset look like? You know, and you're right, I think it is restart. You know, we were entering conference play. All the goals that you had before the season started are still in front of you. You know, it's just, what does that look like? And I imagine, and maybe you can speak on this, it's everything, all of your focus is just on your next opponent. Yes. Yeah, yeah you can't over, you can't overlook. You got to take everything week by week. It's a one week, it's a one game season every week. You know, you go in there, you give, you give, put all your eggs in the basket, make sure you're ready to any play, make sure you're ready to take advantage of any opportunity that comes your way. Make the plays that come your way. You don't really have to do too much. Like you don't have to go out there and and, and try to like if you're a safety, you don't have to fly all the way over the field. No, you we just need you. If it breaks, get it down. If it, if it's a post, get the post. Like that is that's it. We don't need you to really do too much. The problem is every kids in the college think I need to make this this play. This, this, this is my highlight breaking. reel. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta make this game breaking play. Like I want to be the one to make this big play. And when you do that, that's when you get yourself out of position because now you're trying to do something that even that's not even your job. Like you're not even your responsibility to even make that play. But you're trying to be that guy to make the big time play that you end up messing something else up. And now you end up getting beat on something because your eyes is bad and stuff like that, which is what I learned after we lost that I just need to that's what we just do your job listen I can't <laughs> if they get beat that's so you I, I clean it up but outside of that I'm gonna just do what I'm supposed to do and it's hard because you want to be like like if you're a playmaker in your mind like to me I always thought I was a big time playmaker like when it was time to make a big play I always thought that I would be the guy to make the play that's just who I was that's who I thought I was and that's who I believe I still am to this day and 
Luckily, a lot of the times it was just me doing my job. <laughs> they just came, the plate just came to me. I just did what I was supposed to do. And, and, and I become this this great guy in, in Ohio State history because I just did what I was supposed to do, which is all that is required of you to do, which every player on the defense and offense need to do. When the play comes, just do your job. And if you do your job and do what you coach to do, it, it the, the play will fall right into your lap. That's a terrific answer. because, And I love how you said that, right? Like you kind of – you played within your role and, and because you did those simple things right and, and obviously made some amazing plays, you did play your way into, into Ohio State history. And it seems like that's what so many of the, the best players did, right? You're put into a position to succeed and all you have to do is go out there and do your job. So no, that's, a, that's an awesome, awesome answer. One, the last specific football question is, do you, will you give us a score prediction for this weekend? What do you think the final score is? Ah, final score prediction. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31-20 Ohio State, obviously. I like it. I like it. Um, so Adam and I, ha- he, he messaged me a couple of funny questions just as we were going with this. But way back, rewind the clocks, 2014. Uh I think Twitter was not as dark of a place as it is now with the negativity. <laughs> yes, but... it, oh, don't, don't, don't believe that. Yeah. Yes, they agree on me. Well, uh, no, you're right. Yes, people still yeah, obviously come after you after bad game. The reason I, I framed it like that was you and Cardale were like comedians, you know, on Twitter. You always hit each other with the, oh, that's my son, you know, this, that, and the other. Like, mm-hmm. what, what was that like playing with Cardale? And like, how are you, like, are you guys still in, still friends in contact now, but always joking around back then? Maybe talk about that a little bit. Well, friends, we're very cool with Cardale. It all started with, um, we, me and him met each other in high school, like one time. We was like at Beachwood Mall, and one of my, my high school mentor was best friends with a guy that, that trained him. Like and who was actually just happened to be my offensive coordinator in high school, so my offensive coordinator was Cardell's trainer, right? So we ended up they introduced us and whatnot, and when we got we was like when we get to campus, you know me and you gonna link up. Well, when we got to campus, he was like the only familiar face that I really knew, you know, because um, he was from Cleveland and I was from Cleveland. That's how we kind of just you know, we just gonna run together because we from Cleveland. So then, you know, things, you know, things escalate and we was like, all right, when it's time to move out, you know, me and you going to be roommates and blah, blah, blah. Boom, we get, we become roommates. And it was just always the thing like that, that, that son and father thing. It's just always like a, it's like a, a joke thing that I don't even know how it really started. It's just, always, it's, I was like, he did something. I was like, yeah, it's because that's my son, man. That's my son. It's like, you're, you're just <laughs> proud of your son. And then he started throwing it back at me, like, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's my Steve, man, that's my son, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> it was like when we, when the media picked up on it, it was just us being us, our normal self. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a made-up thing like that. Just how we talked to each other. Like, that's my son right there. So <laughs> anytime me and, me and him joked around, it was just this us being us. Like, it was no no show or anything. We weren't putting on no show or anything. It was just us being us. I love it. No, that's, I think that's fun. I think I think Adam and I thought it was so funny because I feel like it is like a brother thing, like little brother, you know, like I, I got you or whatever, like that kind of thing. But hilarious. And and there's a reason we still remember it. Uh, Adam, any other questions for Tyvis? Do you have anything else? Uh, I don't think I do. This has just been just fascinating to listen to and to, to hear the perspective and just so thankful you agreed to come on, Tyvis. It was so cool to meet you the other day, even though it was brief, just 
the fact that you were willing to get a picture with us and talk for a moment is pretty cool for huge Buckeye fans like us. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. You listen, you had you bought my jersey. You went the China route and bought good, my good jersey. Point. Why would I not show you some love and respect though, and come on and bless your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Adam, should we mention So we mentioned it that day, but we'll give it a shout out on the podcast. We have a friend that I believe lives near your area that potentially shares a gym uh, with you. And she's always like, we said it that day and she's going to hate that I'm bringing this up, but she's, a, she, she, she wants to introduce herself at the gym, but doesn't know how Tyvis, what, what would you, what, what advice would you give her? <laughs> I would tell her that I, Tyvis probably am a human being just like she is i put my pants leg on one leg at a time just like sometimes i do try to do the two legs at a time thing because i want to seem abnormal but you know <laughs> on a typical day one pants leg at a time you just come up and say hey how you doing and i'll be like hey how you doing i'll probably take my headphone i'll be like hey how you doing you introduce yourself but i'll introduce myself you'll say hey i'm friends with so-and-so and i'll be like oh yeah you know boom and then I'm, we'll just we'll casually talk and there it is perfect i'm gonna have her say that she heard you on the silver bullet saga that can be her line uh, when she rises up this, right this is the deal tyvis puts his, his pants on one leg at a time but once his pants are on he catches the game-winning interception <laughs> and gets out of bed that's a good point tyvis you might have to hold on to that one you might have to hold on to that one <laughs> All right. That's hilarious. Thank, seriously, Tyvis, thank you so much for joining us. And th this has been so awesome. So really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys too. Go Bucks as always. Go, go Bucks, brother. All right. I'll send you the link when this thing's up. All right. Will do. All right. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. So just an unbelievable interview with Tyvis Powell uh, right there. I mean, I don't think it could have gone any better. What a great guy, great on the microphone. And we didn't get to plug this. I was going to ask these questions at the end to kind of let him uh, talk about what he's up to these days, but really getting into radio himself. Adam, uh, talk a little bit about some of his past projects. Yeah, uh, I don't believe they're currently recording new episodes, but the No Cap Pod, No Cap C-A-P Pod, uh, look it up on Apple Podcasts. I think it's 11 Warriors that put it out, but it's a it's a fantastic production he always references old stories from when he played just funny stories with different teammates and uh looking into what it was like you know more questions about the coaches he was under just super interesting as well as like current events as when the podcast was recorded would totally recommend it and it's not only it seems like it's something that he's really getting into and i can say from firsthand experience that's why i asked him some of those questions but he's he's great on a live uh, radio broadcast, but you can also find him on 97.1, the fan here in Columbus uh, on the Buckeye show. He's a kind of repeating uh, guest slash co host on the Buckeye show, which I believe runs six to eight on weekdays in Columbus. And then you can find him uh, co-broadcasting the 97.1, the fan high school football game of the week um, on Friday evenings. Uh, he does that with Brad Murray, I believe, over at the fans. So, yeah, Tyvis does an unbelievable job and just I couldn't be happier that that this worked out and that he said yes and uh, that we could have him on the podcast. So definitely feels like a big day in the history of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast, having a former player, not only a former player, but a pivotal 
former player on a national championship team and a guy that spent a few year few years in the National Football League. So awesome to have Tyvis on. But <clears throat> Adam, uh, let's finish up this episode. We're going to break down um, our betting lines heading in to week five of college football. And with that, we'll get things started with uh, and we, we we normally pick three games. We picked four because there's so many great games this weekend, especially with marquee teams. So first we'll start. It's a night game. Uh, Alabama versus Lane Kiffin and his Ole Miss uh, football team. Pretty exciting game there for Nick Saban and the guys. Alabama with a lower uh, uh, point spread than I think they're used to, favored by 15 points. A lot of points versus Ole Miss. Uh, Adam, what, who do you have in that game? I think you never get rich betting against Alabama. I would love to be wrong about this, but I will be uh, laying the points and taking Alabama on that one. Just because things get weird uh, with Kiffin, with Ole Miss, some years with Alabama, I am flipping that. I think, uh, you know, Lane's had this obviously circled for a while, ever since he came back to the SEC. Um, you know, I think Bama's going to win the game pretty comfortably, but 15 points is a lot of points, you know, over two touchdowns. Um, and I'm going to roll with Ole Miss plus 15 uh, on Saturday. Next, we have Clemson favored by 14 and a half points. Clemson struggled early this season, dropping two games already last week to their rival NC State. Um, one of their rivals, I should say. Um, but Clemson favored 14 and a half points, minus 14 and a half uh, versus Boston College, uh, the the job Jeff Halfley's doing up there o- over at Boston College. Adam, who are you taking there? You know, they say if you can't get into Boston College, you go to NC State, and if you can't get into NC State, you go to Clemson. Um, I'll be uh, taking those points with Boston College, and uh, I would put the Clemson on upset alert on this. That's way too many points, and I think there are – Maybe a broken Clemson team. It might be a revenge game, and I'm totally wrong, but uh, I think uh, this is a shark in the water smelling some blood type game for those uh, Boston College. Uh, I don't even know what their mascot is. I think it's like the Eagles or the Hawks or something. Maybe Eagles. you can Google that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, this is a bet with your heart game, which they say to never do, but I am riding with you there with Boston College and 14 and a half points just from the speed bumps we've seen with Clemson's offense uh, through this handful of games here early in the season. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to, they're, they're kind of like us, you know, in some ways, except we have an offense that has shown that they can score points. Uh, Clemson's guy there, Yui Ungalalele, uh, you know, still kind of getting his bearings. So please, yeah, give me Halfley. Give me those 14 and a half points. Uh, marquee game of the weekend for me. I'm very excited to watch it. A noon kickoff. Uh, we've got Wisconsin favored by two and a half versus uh, that team up north. Uh, kind of a showdown, Big Ten East versus Big Ten West. Adam, who are you rolling with? I'm going to uh, – my, my gut's telling me this is wrong, but I'm going to roll Wisconsin with the two and a half. I'd like to see uh, them get – take care of business there um that won't make you know the east look as good but i'm always in favor of uh, meat chicken going down so no nope. I'll, I'll take love that pick for the drama i'm gonna roll with that team up north um you know they've done a ton on the ground which you know could bite them you know as we get deeper into the season if they're not able to pass the ball but haven't seen that much to impress me out of wisconsin specifically out of their uh, qb gus or whatever his name is um but give me the team up north on the road or uh, uh, with the points um, on Saturday. 
specifically because I'm hoping they go undefeated this year to make the game that much bigger in the two-year gap rematch that we'll have at the end of the season. Uh, and Adam, to round things out, we'll take a score with this prediction, but Ohio State traveling up to Piscataway, New Jersey to take on those Scarlet Knights. Uh, Ohio State favored 14 and a half points against Rutgers. Uh, what, uh, who do you give us your score prediction for the game? Uh, just some math in my head. I think, it, and uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. It's just kind of like this is a show me game from for my Ohio yep. State Buckeyes. Uh, I'm going to take one of the Rutgers. best defenses ranked nationally in Rutgers this yeah. week. Yep. yep, very good defense. Um, that might adjust. That, that might make this score bogus, but I, this is I'm seeing uh, like a 42-28 game. Where you um, just barely, uh, they just barely uh, don't beat the spread. Um, yeah, Rutgers. I think we're going to see barely. a lot of, yeah, a lot of Shiano trick plays, just like last year. They just, it's that kind of, you know, if you cut the arm off, the the arm's going to keep chasing you type thing. That's the kind of fight you see out of a Shiano revenge team. Um, what do you no, think? I think I, I, no, I'll I, 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 Yeah, I like that pick. Um, just because in how you called it a show me game, I'm kind of flipping that. I see this being a great game for CJ off of one week's rest, uh, to hopefully get that shoulder back to where it needs to be, uh, you know, heading into conference play here. Um, I liked where your points at were, we're at for the Buckeyes, but I'm going to take a touchdown off the board for Rutgers. Give me Ohio state 42 Rutgers 21. Uh, with Ohio State covering the spread for one of the uh, first times this season. They did get it done against Akron last week, but, you know, uh, Akron's Akron, and Rutgers is a new Rutgers heading into this weekend. But with that, Adam, anything else for the folks at home? No, just, uh, man, that was just uh, – Tyvis, you're always welcome back. If you listen to this, just an incredible interview and um, just uh, very very cool. A cool moment in uh, podcast history. <laughs> great dude, great career. Awesome to talk to. I mean, could not be nicer. We love the guy. And this, I mean, obviously this, this podcast stands, uh, you know, Tyvis Powell for, uh, for his future endeavors. I hope uh, we can always promote whatever he's up to, but great dude. Uh, but for that, for the folks at home, thank you for tuning in. Please give us any comments, feedback, as always, uh, we read it and listen to it. And we try to make this show entertaining for the folks uh, tuning in to listen. So thank you for giving us your time. And with that, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Silver Bullet Bullet Saga. Saga.